We are so very blessed this morning. Uh, last night, we had a great opportunity to, to fellowship and connect with Munir and Sharon Kakish, and they've been here, of course, over the years multiple times, and we are so glad to welcome them back. Please put your hands together for the Kakish family. I think I got this oh, you one. you got it. Okay, all is good, uh, Doug? Okay. Good morning. Hey, we are going to have a great service tonight, To this morning. Already we had a great service. When I was praying this morning in the hotel room for this service, and pastor said, hey, the presence of God, I knew it's an answer to prayer because we need the presence of God in our midst in these difficult days. We sang and lovely as usual. Thank God for the team that sings. Thank God for you. Thank you for your prayers and monthly support. We really appreciate it. I think I've been with you here almost 40 years ago. I've been coming to this church. And you were with me from the beginning. So you are hearing today something that you have been praying for and investing part of this money in our lives and others. First of all, I would like just to share with you about our mission. Then my wife is going to share with you. Then we're going to see three and a half minutes video to reinforce what you already heard. And then with the remaining time, God has put a, a message on my heart to share with you that you'll be blessed. Did you know, do you notice today there is no wind? It's God. Yesterday, man, they can carry you through. And that's my message about calming the storms of your life. God wants to do something in our lives today. And during the service, that's what I've been sensing. God wants to do something. And he's ready for it. If we are ready for him to do the work. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Again, thank you for your help. Thank you for your prayers. I would like just to share with you about our church, Ramallah. Ramallah is only 10 miles north of Jerusalem. You can see on the map right there. And in Ramallah, I was raised when I was a boy in a Christian boy's home. And that's where I accepted Christ as my personal savior when I was 10 years old. And I'm thankful for that home all of my life. And I'm still doing that work till today. The church in Ramallah has been really a wonderful light for the people in the area. During the virus situation, the corona, all of that, the government asked us to be locked down for a month. And so I turned my house into church, and we start to broadcast on Facebook the messages that I usually speak on Thursday, and on Sunday. So the church kept active during all that time. I remember I spoke about the rapture. Over a thousand people heard that message. Then a young man came to me and said, Pastor Munir, do you know what was your vision for this year? I said, what was? He said, to move out of the walls of our church, to bring them in. 
And sure enough, Lila knew that what might happen. And there have been, my message has been broadcast all over in Egypt, in Jordan, in South Africa, in many places. So I'm really thankful for that. And it's been just wonderful. During the pandemic, in the video, you'll hear 300 families and persons. But since then, we have over 500 families that we have helped. As funds come in, I don't keep them. I just spend them on the ministry. And we have helped people in their electrical bills, and their, to have food on the table, and medical, and so forth. So I'm really thankful that we are able to do all of these things. Now we are back to normal services. Everything is fine. Uh, the airports closed many times, but now everything back to normal. And I'm really thankful for one thing. It's always good to have a team to work with you. The ministry that I'm in, I cannot do it by myself. You are part of it. I have a team overseas that works with me. Some are paid, some are volunteers. I'm really thankful for them. Then we have a church in Ramle. Ramle is in Israel, near Tel Aviv airport. And we were hit in that church with the pandemic very bad. In fact, our, usually we have our service there on Tuesday night. And I was among the people there. And uh, the, the young man that assisted me called me the next day. He said, there are a few of us are sick with the pandemic, with this virus. Uh, so far, so good. I never been attacked by this virus. I'm thankful for it. Although I did take the two shots and the booster, and I'm really thankful for what God is doing. And then what they did, they during the pandemic and during the closer time by the government, uh, they will use my sermons so they can broadcast it in their area. And of course, they have their worship service. And we have youth, just like you have in here, very active in the church. In fact, when I'm gone, they are the one who take over the church. And they're always active, doing ministry in the homes, doing ministry to the hospitals, visiting the sick. And I'm really thankful for that church. It's so easy to pastor through those young people. And the Lord has answered many of our prayers. Uh, God gave our one of our men there and his wife a baby that uh, medically was impossible. They sp we spent seven years praying for them. Finally, God gave him a baby, and it's so wonderful to see mir miracle happen there. Then we have beside the two churches, we have Home of New Life. Home of New Life is there for needy children, and it's been wonderful to really help children like somebody who have helped me through sponsorship, uh, through donations, and it's been really great what God is doing. Let me just give you a little bit about uh, Yale. Yale is a, a Jewish girl with Down syndrome. I was at Christmas time in, in her church, and she was so active and improving. And the pastor said, because of the money you give for her physical therapy. And the fact that week in Christmas time, we gave him $1,000 that her sponsors sent to her. And he's so thankful for that. So I'm really thankful for this Jewish girl, that how she's now active and improving because of people like you who are helping us to do that. Then uh, we have many other kids that we have helped. Uh, we have a family in Syria. The ladies in charge of the ladies' meetings in one of our evangelical churches. Their income monthly $40. And she has a family and somebody told us about them. And we have been helping that family 
with money so they can have the necessary needs met. Then we have a boy, his name is Joseph. Joseph came to us when he was three years old. He was in a car accident with his mom and his dad, and his mom died and killed in the front of his eyes. We had to work on his life, on his mind, and all of these things. Then he had an aunt would come to the home and take him to the, to the market, buy him stuff, and buy him some sweets, and so happy. Then about a month ago, she died. Joseph would sit in the back in the church, and he would start to cry. Our lady next to him said, who is the director of the home, why are you crying, Joseph? He said, I remember my mom. And now my aunt died. I'm thankful we can help a child like Joseph. Now he's 10 years old. He's, I believe, in third grade and doing well. I'm really thankful for the home of new life that have helped me and I'm helping others because of your prayers and what you can do for God. You might ask, how has it been? Has it been easy? No, it hasn't. It has been difficult to be on the mission field for 44 years. But with God's help and prayer partners, we are able to continue to minister. Today we have almost 20 people who are in the ministry because we said, yes, Lord, we'll leave the States with all goodies and go back to a difficult time like the Holy Land. Pastoring two churches and with the team that helped me and having a home and raising funds and being also the chairman for the evangelical churches for the last 14 years is not an easy task. There are difficult times when you travel. We have checkpoints all over the West Bank. You cannot leave your area unless you are checked and you cannot sometimes go through. So I'm really thankful for all that what has been helping us. You see army all over, all the time. Tension, demonstrations, tear gas, all of these things. But you know, through it all, I'm really thankful for God helping us. And let me tell you, I really love pastoral work. I really love directing the home. I really love the children. I really love the youth, the adults, women, men. It's been wonderful. I love what I do. I enjoy what I do. They asked me, when are you going to retire? I said, when God tells me, I will. And as long as not telling me, I'm going on to serve the Lord. And I'm really thankful because you have to enjoy what you are doing. And I really enjoy doing what God called me to do. I'm really thankful for that. You might ask, how can we help you? Well, you have been helping. Thank you for doing that. Please stop at the table and take a prayer card and pray for us. You know, we're trying to have a summer camp for children. Usually we have 100 people and we have teams that come and help us from different churches in the States and in Britain. And I'm really thankful for that. And we're trying to upgrade our playground. And we need about $3,000. We have other projects sometimes, you know, the washing machine will break down, the dryer will break down, the freezer, the refrigerator. But somehow God helps us to do that. 
If God speaks to your heart to do something for us, that will be wonderful as you have heard, you know, I believe giving begets giving. And as we give to other people that we are helping, to children, to this family in Syria, to this year, to others, God blesses our ministry and we are seeing God every year supplying all our needs according to his riches in glory. So I'm really thankful for pastoral work and I do teaching in Bible college when I am asked and I love that too. And it's been wonderful. Am I busy? Yes, I am busy. But you know what? I have a team that helps me. Otherwise, I couldn't do it. And I spend daily in a prayer with the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And I'm really thankful for you. My wife is coming to share with you for a few minutes. We have been married over 50 years, so I'm not going to tell you how long. So I'm really thankful for my wife. We have four children, and we have six, eight grandchildren. So it's been wonderful uh, to be together all these years. I picked her from North Central Bible College in Minneapolis, Minnesota. No, I picked you. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, where is the... Uh, let me give you... Most people would think coming, we came from Chicago, and coming on that freeway across southern Minnesota would be boring, but I don't. I like watching the fields and seeing what's going on. So I, I, I like the drive, and it's very relaxing. Anyway, so it's good to be with you sharing about our work in the Holy Land and what we've been doing. Uh, we've been able to change the trajectory of a number of boys' lives through Jesus Christ. And... I've got so many memories that I have to get going on my book. We have a boy who's a pastor in Florida, of all places. And we have other people in ministry all around the world. And it's wonderful, the connections. It's wonderful to see the children in the home coming from poor families, from hideous backgrounds, to grow up to become strong Christians and leaders. I'm going to tell you about one of our boys. His name is Noor, which means light. Noor is a Muslim boy. He came and lived with us when he was about in fifth grade. He had no shoes. He only had a pair of flip-flops. So we got that corrected, and we got him some shoes for school. He stayed with us till he graduated from high school. Now he's in college studying, I think it was hotel management and business. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a snowstorm. Noor came up to our house. I didn't ask him to, but he said he came out to shovel the snow. And he also brings treats for the boys and the girls that are in the study program at church. He's a wonderful kid, extremely polite. Now, I have a funny, not a funny, I have a touching story about him in Thanksgiving. I'm an American. I take Thanksgiving with me wherever I go. So the boys in our home and the girls that are in the study program, we have Thanksgiving dinner every year. It's a big production. Uh, one, one point I used to drive out to a Jewish kibbutz farm that raises turkeys, and I would get a 30-kilogram turkey. That's 60 pounds. <laughs> And I'd cook it for 13 hours in the oven, and I'd make pies and dressing and everything, and the boys would all help me, and it was just a wonderful time. 
So Noor had gone to this Thanksgiving dinner for many years. And what I had started doing is that after the dinner, I incorporate a lesson in American history and tell them what the origins of Thanksgiving are and why Americans celebrate Thanksgiving. A couple of years ago, Noor raised his hand and he said, Auntie, can I tell the story? And I thought, how strange it is to have a Muslim child in a Christian boy's home in a Palestinian town in Israel teaching other children American history. <laughs> it was just a wonderful experience. And we have many stories that we can tell about children's lives that have been changed. And you have been a part of this. You, as our supporters over the years, have contributed to us saving these children, saving them from terrible backgrounds, introducing them to Jesus Christ. It's your ministry as well as ours. I want to thank you for being a part of this missionary uh, effort. I want to thank you for your prayers and financial support. And when we get to heaven, you can all watch the videos and see how the lives of these kids have been changed through this ministry. Thank you so much. Sharon, explain about George, you forgot. Oh, George? Rafi, the priest's son. Okay, I did. Okay, this pastor, this pastor in Florida, his father was a priest in a village, and they were very, very poor, and he came and lived with us. And now he's he married an American and he's pastoring a church in Florida. Thanks like I for said. Explaining. Huh? Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check with the boss. <laughs> okay, thank you. And it's good to see you all today. And uh, I recognize some from the other times that we've been here, and it's just a privilege to be here and to be sharing with you about the work in the Holy Land. Thank you. How about the tape? The tape. Do the tape? Okay, we're going to watch a video now about the work in the Holy Land. Dear friends, I pray that you are healthy and stay safe. I would like today briefly to introduce RCO Ministries in the Holy Land. My wife and I have been working and serving the Lord Jesus Christ for the last 42 years. Our vision is to reach the people of the Holy Land with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to make disciples of them and to help needy children. We can accomplish this vision through many ministries that we are having right now. We are having a church in Ramallah, 10 miles north of Jerusalem, and we have full activities. In fact, during this time of pandemic, we have been ministering through Facebook of Ramallah local church. We have been reaching hundreds of people outside the walls of the church. We have another church in Romani in Israel, near Ben-Gurion Airport. And we are praising God for what God is doing through the two churches. Another ministry we are doing in Ramallah, we have a home for needy children. Children that come to us and stay with us and provide for them all the needs they have, from education to 
allow him to know about Jesus Christ, also to feed them and to foster them. We have been doing this for many, many years, and we thank God for that. We have a Bible school, and right now we have the fourth class, bringing people from different backgrounds, from the community, and from the church to study the Word of God. We have been helping many needy families, over 300 families, and I'm really thankful because of people like you who are praying for us, who are partners, who give generously to reach and to our ministry and to fulfill our vision. I pray as we continue to minister during this time with the power of the Holy Spirit. Please continue to pray for us. Please continue to extend your partnership with us. And please continue to send your generous gifts so we can continue to reach out. That's to Joseph. God has called us to do. May the Lord continue to bless you. Do not be troubled because God is with us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, your pastor visited our area. I hope somehow one day you are able to visit and to come and see that God is alive in Palestine, in Israel, in our area, and to feel where uh, Jesus felt some of the things that we preach about. Uh, let me tell you this joke anyway. Uh, I have to admit, speaking in Arabic every day and come here to preach a little bit harder in English than in Arabic. When I was here years ago, it was the opposite. It was easier for me to preach in English than in Arabic. Then I got used to it in Arabic. Uh, a man and his wife and his mother-in-law came to visit the Holy Land. Well, the mother-in-law passed away. She died in her visit in the Holy Land. The caretaker came to the son-in-law and said to him, if you want to bury your mother-in-law here in the Holy Land, we can do it for $150. But if you want to ship it to America, it's going to cost you $5,000. The son thought of it a little bit, uh, the husband of this, his wife, and he said, no, I think we'll ship it to America. The caretaker said, why you want to ship it to America and cost you 150 bucks and America 5,000 bucks? He said, you know what? I heard about a man who was buried and on the third day he rose up. I don't want to take a chance. <laughs> Bless the mother-in-laws. We have so many jokes about the Holy Land anyway. That's why Peter denied his mother-in-law because he healed her at one time. He healed his mother-in-law. Anyway, let's come to the serious matter now. We want to pray for the Ukraine people. 
I spoke in a church in Lviv. I know pastors there. They are lovely people. What's happening to them, they don't deserve it. Then another matter, because I am the chairman of the churches in our area, we have a young man that has a Christian organization in the area of Bethlehem. He was speaking to 50 German tourists in his organization. A settler extreme used to be in the Knesset of Israel came suddenly to the organization and took a selfie, a picture with the director. His name is Johnny Shahwan. Then he put it on his Facebook. Then the people in Palestine saw it, which means a taboo. It's like being a traitor. And the government of Palestine came and put this minister in jail. Today I got a news. I'm a crying pastor, I have to admit. Many times I cry behind the pulpit. So please forgive me. And Johnny been extended another 15 days to stay in jail. A letter was written to the president of Palestine, Mahmoud Abbas, to release him. He has no crime that he committed only because a Jewish extremist settler came to his organization. That's his problem. And we begged and we asked we are praying for Johnny to be released. Almost the government is going to take over the, his organization, which is almost $10, $10 million property. So we'd like you to pray with me for the Ukrainian people and for Johnny. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Father, this morning, we are casting all our cares upon you. We have no other to go to but Jesus Christ. We come as a church because we know a member in the body suffers, we all suffer. We pray for that war in Ukraine to be stopped. Lord, you are able to speak to Putin to stop this war. Somehow, somewhere, in your own way, allow this war to be stopped. Over two and a half million have left their homes. Children dying. Adults dying. Lord, help us. We pray for Johnny, Lord, that he is in jail and his health is getting worse. And we ask that you will speak to the Palestinian authorities to release him. As we around the world are praying for him. We pray for your persecuted church around the world. We've never seen so much persecution against the church as we are seeing it in these days. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I would like to speak about calming the storms of your life. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 7. I want to bring this, or these verses, into Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus calmed 
the storms while the disciples were in the boat. Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen, seen, the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then we go to Matthew chapter 14. For the time's sake, I'm not going to read the verses from 22 to 33, but I'll take you through fast. Calming the storms of your life and my life. The scene is in the Sea of Galilee, in Israel, in the Holy Land. The disciples just fed thousands of people. When they fed the thousands of people, Jesus told them in Matthew 14, verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. From verse 22 to 24, we can see <coughs> waves. Nobody can avoid the storms of life. We can see in these three verses. No one can avoid the storms of life. So Jesus told the disciples, get into the boat. I want you to go to the other side of the lake. While they were in the lake, the lake is about 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. As they were in the middle of that lake, storm, wind, storms came against the boat. And the disciples, as much as they tried to row to the front, they couldn't. The wind is against them. They cannot do it. They tried. But they failed. And many times, when we try to do things in our own strength, we fail. We need to recognize that we need God to help us while we are in the storms of life. Jesus suffered in the Gethsemane. And finally, he went to the cross. We can see that there are times winds, storms comes, come against us. We can't avoid them. They will come. And here it is, we see it, that the disciples in the boat. Now, I want you to realize this. Now, the disciples are in the lake. And Jesus went up to the mountain. He's up there. And the storm, and they are in this terrible situation because they obeyed the orders of Jesus. So Jesus said, go. I'll take care of the people. So he dismissed the people and went up to the mountain to pray. 
and the wind came against them. Let me tell you, nobody is exempt from the storms of life. We all will go through the storms of life. But sometimes when we go through the storms of life, we think nobody is there. There are small storms sometimes. Sometimes there are big and terrible storms come into our lives. But through it all, we need to realize we cannot meet these storms except with Jesus Christ and his help. I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I go through. When I go through storms many times, and Jesus helped me many times as we go through the storms. But I want you to know something. Not just we cannot avoid the storms of life, but also want you to realize Jesus on the mountain see us while we are in the storms of life. And you know what he's doing? He's not just watching us, but he's praying for us. And this is exactly what he was doing for the disciples. Listen to Verses 25 to 27. Uh, during the fourth hour. Now I want you to know by the fourth hour. This is the darkest hour of the night. Between three and six o'clock. And many times. You and I we were in the fourth hour. Of the night. We're crying where is Jesus? What's happening? I can't take it. It's hard. The storms are stronger than I can afford and I can take. And we think Jesus is on the mountain. He's far away. He's not, he doesn't care. He doesn't, he's not considering what we're going through. No, he is. Let me tell you about the fourth hour of the night. During the COVID, my assistant in Ramli Church caught it. Cannot breathe. I brought him to the Lord years ago in the town of Ramallah. And he studied in the Bible college and started to assist me. For six months, he was in the hospital. Get him into the tube and out. Put him to sleep and out and wake him up and all of that. And we're praying. Finally, the one doctor said to his wife, prepare the funeral for him. He's done. Then there was another doctor said, no, I'm not going to give up on him. And the wife and the son, they told the doctor, no, he's a, a man of God and God wants to heal him. And I want you to know in that fourth hour, Jesus came and got out of the hospital and he's back preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's who is Jesus Christ during the storms of life. He see us. He prayed for us. Another pastor in Bethlehem. He got the corona, got the virus. He's in, in his 70s. Was in the hospital for 42 days. We, pray, we were praying for them, crying before God. On the 42nd, the doctor said, call his family and prepare his funeral. That's it, he's done. That night, in the fourth hour, the pastor said, I heard the angels of the Lord singing in my room. Singing in my room. The next day the doctor came. God gave this man a new life. 
and he's back preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. That's who Jesus sees us through the storms of life. He comes to rescue you, and he went down to rescue the disciples. The fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is ghost. It's a ghost. They said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It is I. It's me. It's Jesus. I'm not a ghost. He came to rescue them. That's who Jesus is. Take courage. It is I. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the shepherd. I am the door. I am the great I am. Just trust me. I see you through the storm. And he walked through the water. I want you to realize something. When he, Jesus walked on the water, still the storms are there. He hasn't calmed the sea yet. And he's walking. He's the creator of the storms. And he starts to walk toward the disciples. Now let's see what's happened after that in verse 28. So Jesus tells us today, we cannot avoid the storms of life. He sees us in our storms of life, and he can calm the storms of life in our lives. Listen to this. Verse 28. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. I want you to see what I see. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 7, God saw, heard the cries of the Hebrew people from the bondage of the Egyptians. And God said, I'm coming down. And as we read, he put his hand in the hand of Moses. He said to Moses, Moses, you go out and deliver the Hebrew people from the bondage of the Egyptians. God came down, put his hand in the hand of Moses. And they went out and they got the, the Hebrew people out of Egypt into Canaan land. Now, listen to this. Now, Peter saying, is it you, Jesus? Well, of course. It is me, the one who just, we fed the thousands of people. Yes, I am. I am. They spent time with you. I am. I am who I am. I am the one who is able to do all things. I am Jehovah. I am. I am. The same God of, of Exodus, he's the same God in Matthew. And listen to this. So Peter said, if it's you, 
Let me come. So he said, come. And now Jesus and Peter walking through the storms. Through the storms. The storms not come yet. And they are walking. And then the moment they put their feet in the boat, stopped the storms. You see, we need to put our hands in the hands of Jesus Christ. And then, together, we can calm the storms of life with Jesus' help. I don't know what you're going through, but I ask you this morning to put your hand in the hand of the Master, Jesus Christ. And as he took out the Hebrew people out of their bondage in Egypt, he can take us out of any bondage with us. And these days, in churches also, we are bound in many things. Cell phone, the movies, da, 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 da. And all of these things are creeping into the church. And we need God's help to come, to help us, to overcome the storms of life, to overcome the bad habits, to overcome whatever in our lives. Say, Lord, I put my hand in the hands of the man who calmed the sea. And it's Jesus Christ, nobody else. He can do the impossible. He's the God of impossibilities. And nobody can do it. Listen, calming the storms of life does not depend on my faith. It depends on the might of God who can do what we cannot do. A wise man said, Peace is not in the absence of storms. To go back to Pastor, what he said, it's in the presence. Peace is in the presence of God. That's when we get peace, as we are in his presence. I want to challenge you for something that I'm challenging my life. I try to go through the Bible according to what they do every year. Spend some time in the presence of God, in the Word of God every day. Don't tell me I'm busy. We're all busy. Spend time. And I challenge you, 2022 will be different than 2021. Don't. And come to God and say, Lord, I lay my life on you. Get me out of that bondage into the promised land. Take my hand as you did with Peter and calm the storms in my life, in my home, in my church, in my business, with my wife, with my kids, whatever it is. You think I don't go through storms? I go through them. I'm not better than you. But only with the help of God, I can face today and I can face tomorrow. Will you bow your heads with me? Will you, every one of you, just listen to what the Word of God said, not me, and obey it. If you really want to grow in God, just obey what the Word that you heard from God's Word. And then after they calmed the storms, verse 33 says, they worshipped him. And after you see how God will lead you and help you to calm your storms, you will worship him in truth.
and in spirit. Tell him. Tell Jesus. Tell Jesus about your storms. Tell Jesus where he can help you. Yes, the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on whatever now is in your life. That's what you need to be changed from. God is looking for people like you and I to be a men and women of God. Will you let him do that for you? Lord, I thank you for this church. Thank you for pastor. I thank you for leadership. I thank you for every person is bowed for you now. You did not bring me today by chance, but you brought me because I want to help somebody. I want you to speak to somebody. You want to be better Christians in your presence. Thank you for hearing our cries. Thank you for calming the storms on our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.